Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today we're chatting with the powerful Shona Virtue about women's strength training. Shona was down at the gym for this with Paul and myself. This was her second appearance on the podcast. She was last back here in September 2020, which was episode 77. If you didn't catch that, it's worth going back and checking it out. Shona is an author, an ex-gymnast, yoga teacher, personal trainer, and strength enthusiast. She's widely known for her online training program, The Virtue Method, as well as having a pretty decent social media following. We wanted to pick her brain on what the key considerations are for women who are venturing to get strong. This conversation took some wild and exciting turns. I will say nothing more of that and I'll let you discover them for yourself. By the way, if you are new here, I would like to welcome you to the show. I'm your host, Joey, and you'll often hear the other two Jungle Brothers, Tiora and Paul, here with me also. Make sure you check out our other episodes and if you dig the show, please subscribe to it on whichever platform you use. While you're at it, why not tell a friend to check out the show as well? All right, let's get into it. Please enjoy our most epic chat with the true force of nature, Shona Virtue. Shona Virtue, why don't you have a podcast? Uh, oh, you're coming in with the I, I will have a podcast. I had two ideas for a podcast. One's just called Vice and Virtue, um, which is more just because of my name, but also because for my entire life, much to my detriment, I think, and overthinking things, I have been obsessed with like the concept of good and bad and the, co- and the notion of like what, like really trying to be a good girl. Like, what does it mean? What does it mean to be a good person? And so I wanted to explore through interviewing various different experts in different fields on, um, you know, understanding their vices and then how they feel about vice and virtue, essentially. That was one thing. And then the other one is just a podcast called I'm Just Here for the Shavasana. And it's just me guiding people through Shavasana, which for those of you that don't know, that's just a relaxation practice that we do at the end of yoga where we just lie there. It's everyone's favourite yoga move. It's the best pose. Yeah. So that podcast could be anything. Well, I mean, it could be, yeah, it could be me going like, beep boo, you know, like, whoosh. Do you remember that? That's a Simpsons quote. Don't you remember when he's like trying to, hang on, we have to go there. Can we just go yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, go there. So Homer's trying to relax Marge because she's yeah. like super stressed and yeah. he's like, don't worry, I'll relax you. And then he's like, I'll, I'll do some relaxing sounds. And he goes, whoosh, <laughs> whoosh, and he goes, um, bee boo, like that's the sound <laughs> of the boat. Bee boo, and then he goes. Ah, ah, like, <laughs> do you remember? I do remember. Right. Yeah. Good. Okay. No, we reference Simpsons a lot. Do you? Uh, yeah, you caught us with that one, but okay, yeah, we do. Good. Okay. <laughs> was that a sound effect? Uh, no, it was a sound was effect, but I mean, it came from a different phone. device. Damn it. <laughs> with the vice, with the vice yes, piece. Sorry. Yes. Not the the Homer Simpson sounds. Are you talking about like um? shit that we do that, that that that's not good for us is that what you're getting mm. at or are you talking more like deeply negative human characteristics no, uh, i mean that i do find interesting no but just like things like addiction and vi- and the different types of addiction as well right so the notion of a vice being something that we do that's not good for us but like we just can't escape and so i find that very interesting whether it be things that have to do with sex food um or a lack thereof food various different explorations of things that might be our vices I find it very curious and then in terms of virtue I've just always been trying to understand like what does it take to live a virtuous life and what does it really mean and and like when you look at the anarchistic model you're like oh shit it's like free for all no government like how would that differ 
if we were to live in, in accordance with the actual notion of the animal kingdom, how would we behave differently versus how we live now with these like invisible morals that have also caused, interestingly enough, on the back end of, of the moral is the, the sinister and the kind of thing that like then becomes a vice, right? So it's like are more virtuous attempts actually causing this like sort of shadow side where we become obsessed with doing bad things. Sorry, we're, we're like supposed in, to be talking about strength training. We're getting I, like there, this, we're getting I like this podcast. I like that one. <laughs> that you? one is interesting to yeah, me. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm your target market, but <laughs> your listener. Definitely. But that, that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You're talking about like um, infidelity and sure. sexual abuse and those sorts sure. of th- yeah, alcohol abuse and whatever. All of those even things. though we all hold up like no, like, yeah, be monogamous and totally. don't abuse drugs, what whatnot. Exactly. Can you tell me, and this is um this is not the topic of today's show, but I'm interested to know because I, I listened to a podcast called Behind the Bastards, which I really like. Ooh. It's super fascinating. Okay. Check it out. And um they they're very they're hardcore left. The, the, Are they? the yeah, and so there's they, yeah. they drop, you know, um anarchy you know, they talk about anarchists and Marxism and whatnot, but I can't get my head around what anarchists actually believe. Is it pure free, like no regulations? It's no regulation. Just what what will be what will be kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. And what is the expectation that would happen there? Well, I feel, okay. Because it seems fucking wild. It does seem wild, but uh, is, okay, this is, I feel like I'm touching on topics that like I do not have extensive knowledge or study or research. We in do that on a yeah. weekly basis here. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so so people listening in at home, please have a listen. Uh, please like read and listen and, and make up your own mind. I, I, I would say that the, the concept of having a free for all is make, like, I think it's about autonomy. And if you remove autonomy from people and suddenly say that we have to fit into this category Again, what is it creating on the shadow side of things? I, I wouldn't say that I sit left or right or any of those things. Like I really try to disassociate from either of those things. I try to consider myself like middle, but even that's fucking controversial now too. So oh, I just let's not associate me with anything. I just float around and explore things. And this is hence the the Okay, Joe the Rogan. <laughs> yeah, but the way you orientate yourself is less to do with that political spectrum and more to do with good or bad. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I feel like Thank I'm you. more like that. Yes. Yeah. So what, yeah. That comes down to more, the for me, the interactions that I have with humans and how humans are having one-on-ones with people. To me, that's your politics is how you carry yourself, Absolutely. conduct yourself on the street. Absolutely. Um, and whether you say hello to people or whether you're approachable and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Totally. It's how you treat thy neighbour. Mm. Oh, <laughs> did you come up in the church at all, or like no, where did the no. virtuous part? Because I think you're a good person. Thank what you. I know. It's yeah, I'd say a, you're pretty churchy. It's in the yeah. name, but churchy. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> but like for me, I think that I'm a good person. I always try to be good, and yep. when I guess we're not going to go full deep on what is what good. we think the nature of. <laughs> human beings are yep. or whatever. Jordan um, Peterson would have you think we're well, all a bunch of evil motherfuckers. Potentially. Yeah. I was listening to that this, him this morning. Mm. Actually. Don't know if I agree with that, but please but, continue. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that I have an orientation that came from somewhere and I came through the church as a good Islander. Yep. Um, was there something like that for you? No, it wasn't actually. My mum, so on my mum's side, she was raised a Hindu uh, yep. Not a not a very strict Hindu, but they had like sadhus in their 
life. So like a lot of yoga, a lo- and, and when I say yoga, not not necessarily the asana practice yoga, um, like as we know it in the West now, but actually more so um, the uh, philosophy side of sure. things. Yeah. And then my dad's like hardcore atheist. No way. Yeah, really hard atheist. Mm. So I, I think, and then when I was 19, I, I was in a, a Buddhist kind of sect and found myself, yeah, le- learning all about Buddhism for seven years, actually. Um, it was fairly... <laughs> Like, let's talk about strength training. And then <laughs> no, go there. With this. Sorry, guys. This happens like, every I was in time. a sect seven years. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, is time. a sect, um, what is a sect? Because uh, my my naive impression is like, sounds like a cult. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Was it a thing? No, I, you I isolated used to say from, cult, yeah. and I did isolate myself from other people, um, my family, my friends. Uh, and I, try, I actually have never spoken about it. This is, I think this might be the first time I've publicly spoken about it. Exclusive. Exclusive, right here, Jungle Brothers podcast. Yeah, oh, intense. I don't know how it came out, but look, it's not something. Uh, the reason I don't like to use the c word is because um, cult for those people is because um, <laughs> just had to clarify that because I do sometimes use the other c word, and I feel oh, not often actually. Not often. anyway, <laughs> off topic. Um, so I um, look. It's an interesting one because I have a, a love hate for it. In that, I, I guess. It taught me, it gave, so I was 19 when I joined and what I learned in that period was so different to what most 19-year-olds through their 20s will experience. So it's like I wouldn't be who I am, I wouldn't look at the world the way that I do without it. But of course, yeah, it, it meant it made it very difficult for me to develop friendships um, through those years and so I still find that I'm working through learning how to have relationships with people, not just romantic but just friendships in general. I find wow. it hard because it's like I'm coming from the lens of something that was like completely different. It was all like, especially um, Buddhism is very much about sort of like a non-possessive state of being. And so the world that we live in, let's say romantically, is fairly pushing towards like monogamy and those sorts of situations. And I've always sort of struggled with it. Again, it's this good, bad thing where it's like, I feel naturally monogamous, but then I have this awareness from 19 to 26 of like, should we really be possessing someone? Or should we feel as though someone owes us something? If we enter into an agreement, do they do they belong to us? Is it their job to serve us and to protect us from our insecurities? And, and so it's just, there's things like that that cause, really just ripples in my wow. own mind. It's, yeah, it's almost like mm, knowing more, it causes problems exactly. rather than just sort of following one path. Totally. And connecting to what you feel because my emotions will tell me one thing and then that experience and all the things I learned in those seven years uh, say, say something different intellectually. And so it's just me trying to spend my days reconciling with those different feelings. And then that leads me to feel fairly like uh, can lead me to feel somewhat lonely in my existence my god this is getting so dark anyway it's not meant to but anyway it can it can leave me feeling a little lonely in my existence and therefore that causes like ripples in how close i get to people or don't get to people or don't let people in or things like that so all right i'll leave (laughs) mate i think i'm pretty sure that the people listening would love to hear you do a podcast talking about that and all that shit (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, I won't go too deep into it, but was that in Australia? It was, was in Australia, yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. And were you living somewhere specifically for it? And uh, I was living in Bondi. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Fucking Bondi's a, a colourful place. It is. And there's probably, you know, there definitely would be a Like a cult never starts as a cult. And also I just, you know, really want to stress that it wasn't for me like – I don't have like deep, deep trauma associated with it. There are other, there are definitely cults that exist and probably exist currently today that are, um, you know, fairly traumatic for people. And, you know, there were probably people in my cult who did experience some things that were a bit more traumatic for them. But yeah, it, it, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for the Netflix docker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's not too bad. It's not a um, Charlestown kind of situation. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you're still here. I'm still here, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I was not the leader as well. I should probably say that. Tell me about, I wanted to ask you before, completely different track. How's your jiu-jitsu going? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's been a love-hate. I am blue belt, so technically I'm due to quit. <laughs> yeah. Really? You should be at Area 51 hiding out by now. Basically, yeah. So I have had those desires, I'm not going to lie, and I've had those thoughts, um, mostly because I went through this series of injuries that kept coming up. Oh. Injuries. And so I was like, maybe I'm rolling too hard with others and, and they're, they're rolling back. Cause I sometimes feel like jujitsu is a bit of a mirror. So it's like how you go mm. in often, like people will meet you there. Um, obviously there are some people you just come into contact with who are like, you know, fighting their own, battling their own demons and they bring it to the mat. And I mean, that's kind of what's happening anyway, isn't it really? Like a lot yeah. of people are bringing maybe, maybe early, early jiu-jitsu journey and then a few rogue brown and black belts and purple belts might also still be bringing that stuff but I feel like the higher belt you go it tends to be less emotional and it's more about like um yeah like the the love of the art let's say can you confirm that Joe yeah it's honestly I I I, I very much agree but I do think it's so nuanced that whole thing because so nuanced like like say I you know I openly acknowledge that I, I don't care as much these days and I'm um I'm not as physical as I used to. And I used to be extremely physical. I just relied on athleticism pretty much until about a week before my black belt. Um, but, Congratulations, but, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Um, but still, I would be lying if I said that there aren't times when a certain person that I'm training with brings some kind of energy that, that triggers me. And then, I, and then I'm like, I'm fucking bringing it. And then it's a fight. Yes. And it could be some blue belt, you oh, know, that's really? like – in his 20s or her 20s and 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 you're just like oh fuck like they that person brought it out of me and i thought i was on top of that thing exactly i would like to say i've mastered that but i don't know if you ever truly do so you know that's just one facet of how you can end up in a role and you're like how the fuck did that escalate totally exactly yeah and so i think i had a few roles like that and then i was feeling frustrated and then was getting injured in in silly situations where like I'd roll with someone too too big and they'd kind of bring some, that, that kind of energy and so I'd feel this like sense of need to protect myself and then next thing you know it's like a torn rotator cuff or like just, just annoying ones that impact my job um, and my ability to film and keep up with things. So I took a little bit of a, not a break, but just kind of like a, oh, what am I doing here? And now I'm sort of just going through the motions and trying to just like turn up show up anyway and i know there's probably just a phase and it will go away and i'll feel great about jiu-jitsu again but it just it just comes and goes you know yeah that sounds about right yeah yeah it's a tricky relationship many times yeah but it's like all relations like the ebbs and flows like i think we have this it's the it's like the happiness trap i can't remember who wrote that but it's you know it's it's this notion that we should always be loving absolutely everything we're doing and we have to accept that sometimes we're going to be met with a little bit of contrast in that we're going to experience those like uncomfortable 
emotions, uncomfortable experiences. And it's ironically, that's like literally where all the learning happens is in those. And if you can survive them, then fuck, like it's then you get the happy bit, but you can't, the only way is through. That's right. Yeah, the happiness is a byproduct and you can't get it all the time. Totally. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, on today's topic, strength training is exactly the same, is it not? In terms of like, you're not going to love it all the time. Yep. There's times when you're going to feel like, I'm not really making progress here. Yep. Like you don't walk out of the gym every time being like, that was fucking sick. Yep. But it is ultimately, that's what the process is. And you would hope that it brings about happiness for the In most other part. areas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's... um. I like to think of it as cleaning my teeth now. Like strength training for me is literally like oral hygiene in the sense that, or as important as it's probably not making my teeth cleaner, but it's definitely, it, it's one of those things that I just don't ever see will not be a part of my life. Um, provided, you know, I don't have some intense injury that stops me from being able to do it, but it's like, it's just so necessary uh, for my, the experience of like my joint health, my psychological health I, I just don't see it as like any any there's no way for me to not live in a world where it um it doesn't it isn't a big part of my day-to-day life if that makes sense it does could you talk on what um, you, you, last time you're on the podcast you did mention this but we should go through it again what got you into strength training initially? Yeah, what got me in was actually injuries that I'd sustained as a gymnast, but I didn't realize that I really had them as a gymnast because I didn't have any really, really severe injuries during gymnastics days. It was actually when I quit and then a few years after stopping dancing as well and was just doing yoga, I was very, very flexible. I'd maintained all this flexibility particularly neurologically because from a young age I just developed this like high end range like really intense flexibility obviously as you do as a gymnast and I was doing more yoga no strength training whatsoever doing lots of cardio as usual and the aches and pains in my body were just like beyond it's to the point where I'd be up like sometimes at night just in intense sciatic pain Mm. um not being able to sleep not being able to do anything because with sciatica i mean anyone that's listening like shout out to those of you dealing with sciatica because it fucking sucks like it's horrible and you just have to sit through it and you can take painkillers and it may work but a lot of the time it doesn't and you're just sort of dealing with this inflammation you have to wait for it to go down and then it goes away and you're like fuck thank god and then you just can't understand where it's coming from so it was weight training that made all of that pain go away. And it was funny. I, I remember the day I was at work, I was at a, doing a desk job at the time and I had experienced so much pain. I went down to the gym and did a session on my glutes. There's like a few different reasons that I went to do a glute session. One of them was that I'd actually started a Pilates. I went down and decided to do a Pilates class randomly and the focus was on glutes. And I walked out of there pain-free. And it was mm. the only thing that had reduced my pain like ever before. Um, and then the second time was I was dating a personal trainer at the time and he was like, why don't we just do some weight, like please just come and do some weight training. And I was like, what are you, like, I don't, really? I'm gonna go there? I'm gonna go in that section? Mm. Well, what? And I think, yeah, it was, it, was a great, it was a great day. And honestly, I walked out of there again, pain-free. How old were you at that time? I think I was probably like 18 at the time. So, yeah. you were, so you were training gymnastics, which has a huge element of strength training, but not 
in that convention, not like not resistance training as such. Yeah, you're doing a lot of body re- body weight, yeah. but the, the thing is, is that you're obviously maintaining muscle mass because you're doing really high rep work. Yeah. So it's like very high rep, and then it's like really slow eccentrics as well as high rep work. So it's just like the volume at which you're working as well is so high. Um, it was 20 hours a week of of training. Mm. So so much. And so the muscle that I had was there, but then as soon as I stopped that, obviously I'm not doing that kind of volume anymore, but I'm still maintaining the stretch because I don't know, I just was like, oh, yoga, dancing, I need to hold this flexibility. And I think you naturally do things you're good at, right? Like we, we, like it feels good. So I was like, oh, I'm really good at stretching. I might just get into yoga and it's like, oh, look, I'm really good at all these poses. I can get into every shape and it's amazing. But I would leave honestly feeling like shit. And then I'd think mm. that I had to do more yoga. I would think like, oh, it must be because I haven't stretched <laughs> in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm due for my hourly stretch. What is that? Like in the psyche where it's like it's the thing that's damaging you, you're like, I need to double down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what does that. It's really annoying. But there's a saying, what is that saying? Um, Occam's razor, which is like when, uh, when you hear, when you hear hooves think, uh, horses, not zebras. It's this kind of thing of like Occam's razor. Let me hang on. Occam's razor is like. I mean, yeah. it's not exactly what you're talking about, but. I mean, yoga of all things. I did a bit of. I did Bikram for a couple of months back in yeah. the day, for a back injury actually, and it fixed that. But I remember the and obviously there's many different schools and styles and cultures in each place. But the culture at that place was like just driving you towards yoga every single day. And it was like, all you need is this, do this. And it's like, do our 30 day challenge where you train, where you come to a class every day for 30 days. And it's right. like, do the 60 day challenge. And you can see that in that cult, like if you're in that little world, it starts to become like, I've, I need to get more yoga in. I like that's the it. solution for everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do that a lot in the health industry. Jiu-jitsu does it. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu does it. I mean, I understand. we were talking about it on the stairs before. Jiu-jitsu definitely does it, but I think for different reasons. Right? Like jujitsu does it. I don't think jujitsu does it because you're like, oh my God, like this is going to be the best thing for my body. You're getting fucking broken bones left, right, and center, but you're like, I love this shit. And so it's a different thing. Yeah. But yoga and like some any anything, keto, whatever the fuck there are, all the different things are promising the answers to all your problems. It's true. Jujitsu, I think we put that on ourselves as in like, I need to go more because I got to learn and not fall behind on the progress. Yes. So I can continue to develop. Yep. But I do believe that a lot of coaches put it on you because they want you just to be there. So yes. they're like, you coming tomorrow? You coming tomorrow? I saw a meme the other day. It was like someone who just like their car had been – like they're in their car and they're in the middle of a snowstorm and like they're trying to crawl out of like the snow and then it's like called my coach, told him I couldn't come tonight. He said, see you tomorrow though, right? It's like <laughs> – you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, okay, I need to tell you what Occam's razor is because there's nothing to do with what we were talking about. So Occam's razor is um, a principle of theory, construction or evaluation according to which other things equal explanations that posit fewer entities or fewer kinds of entities are to be – this is a terrible explanation of Occam's <laughs> razor. Basically, it's like – Occam's razor would be like if you went to the doctor and you said, um, I have a cough, the doctor's assumption – should be based on like okay you may have a common cold not take it directly to like oh you might have 
a broken thumb because it might be impacting your ability to breathe because it might be somewhere, there might be a nerve that's like compressing your... So essentially it's like looking for the most simple answer based on evidence, not based on like you're trying to like seek out some correlation. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So I don't know why, it was because you'd said like, why is it that you think yoga? Yeah, so it was like, I I thought that I needed more yoga. I don't, it's not Occam's razor because I, I don't think that I was like trying to correlate something to something else. It was just that I really couldn't see that there was something to do with strength. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I was never pointed in the direction of it might be that you're too flexible. Now I feel like it's more common to have an understanding of that. Do you think? That, no? you, that you might be too flexible and maybe this flexible. isn't great for you? Or is it that I've just been in the industry? And yeah, I think it's that yeah. you're part of the, you know, you know, you yeah. got that awareness. But I think for most people, whatever they're doing, jiu-jitsu, coming to the gym, going to yoga – I think most people don't have much awareness beyond what's being peddled to them in that place. And what's peddled to them is the culture. You know, like you talk to jiu-jitsu people and they're like, I'm doing pretty good. But then if you scratch the surface, like they wake up in pain, they walk around in pain, they're stiff, weekends are hard, you know, like, hang on a sec, it's not meant to be that. And you you know, there's every, every endeavor has its own downsides. Yeah. Um, and what, what what should they do in that case if they have find that they're having lots of aches and pains? In tr- w- you know, in recent years, it's there hasn't been options for these guys. Um, <laughs> the great thing is that this day and age, we have experts in the field who can combine the strength and also the jujitsu experience, which is extremely rare to that find is two so pe- rare. Yeah, and it's also like like two people. Which is, you know, double the amount than one. I believe Bulletproof of BJJ is there Bulletproof of BJJ. There you go. So you did pull one. Yeah, well, that's the intro track. I I, I probably would have rather a little applause or something. Yeah, yeah. you need to add those. What are the other ones? They're there. They're there. The applause is there. You just don't remember (laughs) that. (laughs) That's the Mr. Floppy one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's good. We can fuck with the others as we go on. But, um, but yeah, so so yeah, going back to your question about you know, is that do people know or is it just, I guess you could argue that maybe collectively in the fitness industry people are a bit more educated now about what's yes. good for what's good for the body? Yes. You know, you could and case in point, it's very common to see a lot more women doing barbell strength training. Yes. Right? Yes. You're like, "Oh, like glutes are a thing and hip strength and and whatever, 10 years ago it wasn't." So yep. there's, you know, there's progress in that area. Definitely. Um Talk to me. That's that's what I want to drill into today with Come you. Is, yes, is this women's strength training piece? Yes. And I suppose for us, it is a given. And we're like, yeah, like look at our gym. It's like probably sixty percent, fifty five percent female, forty five percent male. It's like preaching to the choir in a sense. Mm. But we know that collectively in the fitness industry, strength training is still something where it's women on the whole, don't feel confident to get into it. Yes. I don't want to put words in people's mouth. I don't know if it's confidence, but it's just they don't engage with it in the same way that males do. Yes. Um, yep. what, what's, your views on, what's your views on that? As someone who promotes strength, who sees the benefit for it yourself, who speaks with a large audience through your social media channels and whatnot, you know, the conversations you find yourself having. Yeah, I think the biggest one, the, the biggest avoidance does come down to intimidation for sure, um, particularly in gyms um, because, yeah, it is – I mean, even I still go to a gym and feel – some. I mean, if it's a new gym or somewhere else, you know, I still can get in there and just feel a bit like, oh, 
Okay, here we go. You know, and it's just, it, it isn't an environment that necessarily feels that comfortable at times. Um, and I think the other thing is, and I certainly know that I've experienced this on in my early journey before I became a personal trainer and like physically learned how to do all these things. But, um, you know, it feels silly to walk into a gym and not know how to use equipment. And the equipment that's the most straightforward is like a treadmill or a bike. And so when you're already, let's say you're feeling already insecure and you step into a space that's like pretty male dominant, that space over there where they know exactly how to use everything. And then you see the area that's a bit more female dominant, which might be the cardio machines. And you know exactly how to use those. Like, I mean, you're going to, of course, you're going to go to that space. Now that it's become a lot uh, more common for women to train in the weight area that now you do see more women but it still is scary when you don't know how to use it because you kind of feel like oh god like there are women in here that know exactly what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to lift this heavy like this clip isn't working properly I don't know and I don't want to look like I don't know how to put it on the plate or everyone's looking at me on the barbell and everyone's looking at me and like I can't get it on so I'm like oh I'm just gonna walk away and like go back to the comfortable place and now the comfortable place might be dumbbells right? Or it might be like free weights or some cables or some, um, you know, some of the machine weights, fine. But, you know, if we're talking like strength training, wanting to understand to move into like your squats, your deadlifts and those sorts of places, because it's not to say you can't do strength training on, you know, cable machines. Cable and stuff. Machi- exactly. Um, it's just a different, yeah, there's different types, I guess, essentially. So yeah, it's feeling comfortable to use that. Yeah, I, I totally... I totally vibe with that. I remember working at Anytime Fitness and seeing you see males having that exact same dilemma. Really? Oh, one hundred percent. Because men, don't, I mean, no, humans don't like to feel wrong and stupid. It's, yeah, it's not and, even just men and, women. and it would, you know, would it, you? I mean, it's the people that walk into the gym. They got their earphones in. They put their, you know, they do their sign in, and then they just like head down, kind of beeline to whatever, put their towel on the thing, and then set the machine up and start. And like they they're actively avoiding looking around and yeah. like connecting with the environment, make yep. eye contact, with, hey, what's going on? You know, like, you, and you can see like that kind of behavior instantly is like, oh, that person feels really uncomfortable here. Mm-hmm. The crazy shit is, and I mean, I totally understand it, but the crazy shit is, is that I would see people who did that every day for two years while I worked yeah. there, every fucking day. And you know, you, I might go up to them and try and have a conversation or whatever. And sometimes they'd be receptive, but sometimes they'd just be like so shut off. It'd be yep. like, oh, hey man, you know, and then like back to the thing. Um, so yeah, it's not just exclusive to women, but yeah. I, I would say, I would imagine that it would be amplified. Definitely. For, for females, because it is a very male environment that weights room piece. Yep. Can I ask, cause mm-hmm. I have not really ever had a gym membership before. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into training, it was through Joey and T and I was, my journey of training happened with good coaches in Jungle Amazing. Brothers from back in the day. I was very fortunate, it was all sports before then. Um, I have been to a gym when I blew my Achilles close to my house. I was doing rehab there. I've been to gyms since. Um, when I went and signed up there, I'm already a PT and a coach and I kind of just chatted to the guys and they could see that I trained. It was a short conversation about what membership I wanted and, you know, what am I going to do there? Um, but do the gyms like that, excuse the ignorance, have any sort of onboard? So, like, when they sign up yeah. people... Are they saying, hey, so what are you going to do here? Is there a bit of a sales conversation for that female that walks in and says, do you want PT? What are you planning on doing? Um, I I recommend that you do this. Yeah. 
They, they do. They, do, they do, do. And the thing is, is I think a lot of people think it's just an upsell, and it is obviously an upsell, right? Um, back when I was a PT at Fitness First, um, this is when I sort of first had become a PT. I was. Um, we were so so any new any new member was was sort of upsold. Um, what was it called? A triple pack. It was called a triple pack, and you would get a triple pack lead as as a personal trainer. But the triple pack would involve, I think, it would cost the member something like sixty dollars, and they would get three sessions with a personal trainer. And so I had three sessions to try to convert someone from mm-hmm. not a client to becoming a client. Mm. Um, and honestly, I think it was the best thing for the member, as well as obviously great for a personal trainer right. building a business, but also. It was just so great in order to have not just one – because I think one session, the problem with just one session is you get in there and the PT might – you know, it's like you're going to go through a few things and you're going to be completely like, oh, that was great, but I had this one person next to me the whole time. But um, being able to do three sessions back-to-back gives you a little bit of an understanding of what to do. And I do think it makes you much more comfortable in a big gym environment for sure. Personal training – group training in a gym like Jungle Brothers, especially not to like big up Jungle Brothers, but definitely to big up Jungle Brothers is so I think important because that everyone that's been a part of it, okay, will probably at some point in their life have known what it's like to feel beginner. And so you have all the, you have a community around you of people that are like, oh, do this, try this. Oh, I've been there. It's all good. And so you feel this kind of warmth from people around you showing you how to do things. And I think that's a, a really important part of the fitness journey if you didn't grow up with it especially, right? If you grew up with sports, if you grew up gym training even, you're fine. You're probably mm, not mm. – this, you know, isn't necessarily going to resonate with you. But those of you that, you know, are trying to get into it now because it's all over social media and, and we know that we should do exercise and it is good for us or we should be doing our strength training, but just feel really uncomfortable in those environments. Like I would say that that's, it's like imperative to go down that path. I agree. I often liken it to if you're trying to play a sport, like say you decide, you know, what, I really want to play golf, but I've never played it before. And then you go to a golf course and they're like, here are the clubs like enjoy the golf and you get out and have an awesome day. It's going to fucking suck because you don't know how to hold the club. You don't know how yeah. to – like you need someone to teach you. Yeah. So the gym is – I mean, you could argue that the gym has way more going on in terms of physical awareness that's required. Yeah. But the gym membership is essentially about like, here you go, you've been unleashed into this totally. field full of equipment that you've got no idea how it works. Yep. But it's got some little stick figures and shit on it, mm-hmm. so off you go. And most people tend to think like – that that kind of big fitness industry has convinced us to think that I will figure it out. Like I will know what to do. Yeah. And that's how you get to these people. You're like, man, how, how are you still like, why are you doing it like that? Or like, how did that movement evolve? Or, yep. you know, totally. or people like I went for two years and I didn't get any results. So I don't go anymore. The gym sucks. Totally. Versus go get a coach, let them teach you. Exactly. And that's going to change the whole trajectory of your journey. Exactly. That's a, re- a great analogy. That's a great analogy. You can use that on your podcast. Can I? Yeah, reference Joey, Jungle Brothers. Amazing, yeah. absolutely. No, it's it's 100% like that. And I think, um, yeah, because you just leave a bad taste in your mouth and then you associate those things, you know, poorly. Yeah. Like I was like, I had a boyfriend at the time who was a personal trainer and he showed me things and made me feel more comfortable in that space. I do actually remember that he took me through like a bicep pyramid, which now I'm just like, <laughs> what? 
Why? Why'd you leave I that can, guy? I can see he took you through a bicep pyramid. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's where my bicep vein has come from. I have this like ginormous bicep vein that pops out every now and then. I think it's. I think he did some permanent damage. To it. But yes, it's. I think having that coaching makes such a difference. The other thing that people forget is like you know if you spent a good period of your life sitting behind a desk and you know going down the career route, um, you know particularly corporate career route, assuming that you're just going to be able to run really well is uh, like a mistake yeah try to find <laughs> a nice to way to nice put it yeah like it's a fucking mistake you can it's swear on mistake. this podcast yeah, yeah. No, I remember it's okay that. i remember that <laughs> fuck yeah yeah <laughs> c words as well yeah like you, you you don't know how to run so the treadmill is not going to be a good fitness solution like go get some running coaching totally well but not even but this is again back to strength training this is why you also need strength training because you're going to strengthen your pelt, like the muscles around your pelvis, which are a big part of running, <laughs> right? You're going to strengthen your trunk, which is also another big part of running. Um, and so, you know, people choose, they think, okay, they think they need to, to run in order to get fit, but actually they should be, you know, getting fit to be able to run. And that's huge. I have to quote Luke Worthington in the UK for saying that because that's my mate and he says that. Luke Worthington? Yeah, Luke Worthington. Good guy. And he says that. So I can't steal his quote. (laughs) I was going to and I was like, oh, fuck. Fucking virtue. Virtue (laughs) over here. It's like you've got to credit them. No, the the runny thing, it it hurts me when I see people these days. Yes. Um, Before I was a trainer, I didn't know. Um, And now I know these things. I realise that running should be earned. And that it's actually quite a high level lower body movement, you know, if you're going to do it well responsibly. Yeah, and it and it's more it's more that it hasn't always been for humans, right? It's just that it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It is now, and so it's like it's not to be alarmist or to scare people into thinking that they need like some intense movement coach. It's more just like respect the fact that if you want to run or if you are choosing that as a mode of exercise, then you have to know that like the ga- gait is a complex thing for the body um particularly if you're spending nine hours of a day in a chair yeah and i i can you know safely say that anyone i've trained over the last 10 years i've never gotten them to run it is never the priority for them to get fitter and healthier it's all of the other stuff for strength and mobility and then if running is something they want to do or whatever it's like cool that can come after, but it's like if you're looking what to prioritize here. Exactly. I think that idea of running is just so appealing because it's like I just got to chuck my shoes on, earphones, and I can go out by myself. No one's gonna, you know. Exactly. There's no. I, I'm not. I mean, I get it. You know, you're not in a room that's air conditioned. You're out. You know, in nature, like that's a beautiful thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, so it has that appeal. It's somehow safer. Yep. Um, what about? I guess what about if we go away from that conventional gym environment? And, you know, and sort of the the hurdles that come along with that, which are, you know, the intimidation and the, the sort of culture of the place and the polyester shirts and shit. But maybe um, in terms of the just understanding of the importance of strength where mm-hmm. you have a lot of people, let's say um, middle-aged, like 20, like, no, let's not say middle-aged, let's say... Did you say middle-aged 20? I said middle-aged, but then I wanted to go back to... (laughs) (laughs) No, then I wanted to go back to like late 20s, like early 40s, Yes, which is where I tend to see like for for men and women Mm. is sort of the period where you've moved out of like teenage and and school sports, let's say, Mm. 
and you've had probably a decade of professional life yep. or study mm. and now the body's starting to like receive a bit of damage and maybe you're looking at having kids, maybe you're running your own business, but there's a lot of shit that's piling up, stress from life and whatnot. Yes. And it's usually at that point that people find a gym like ours. Like most of the people that come in here are probably- Around you know, that age bracket. I would say so. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you know. Um, it's a great age bracket. Generally like 20 year olds don't come here, right? Yes. But it's this awareness that you hit after a bit more life where you're like, oh, maybe that gym's gonna be good for me. But what are some of the, the misunderstandings or maybe just the shit they don't know where people are like, oh no, I'm good. Like I do yoga twice a week, uh, but no, I don't lift weights or whatever. That's not important for me. I think it comes down to what your why you train. Like what are you training for? And because there's a really strong narrative for women in appearance and, that you know, we can talk about why. I don't think that it's just that this quote-unquote patriarchy um, or this, you know, very mean beauty standard. I think that it's more actually that – well, it's not more of something. It's just that we have to be honest about the fact that as human beings, we are, <laughs> there's still, as animals, there's still rules around procreation and attractiveness. And this is in relation to procreation. And so we have very strong inner desires and biological drivers that are causing us to make choices. And so the beauty industry, and I would say the fitness industry is somewhat in bed with the beauty industry, um, particularly on the women's side for sure. But I think there's male pressures too. Um, you know, that that obviously causes, um, I guess that, that essentially means that there's a lot of an aesthetic motivation for people to exercise, right? It's a lot about how we look. And so this narrative around, you know, getting skinny, um, or, you know, be, having, being long and lean has been around for a long time and it's still kind of there. The booty sort of crew kind of came in and were like, let's get a booty, but we still want to be long and lean everywhere else. Um, but that sort of helped with weight training as well. But I think if your values around why you train are very much based in how you look and you want to do it because you want to look good naked or you want to be attractive to, you know, same sex, opposite sex, whatever, um, then I think that, yeah, it, it becomes like less important to be training for these health reasons and, and strength training, even though yes, it can make you look really good a hundred percent. If you, for a long period of time, don't, if you don't like the aesthetic of an athletic, strong body, muscular body, you may associate strength training with that kind of slightly more bigger look right right yeah and maybe you particularly i would say for those of us that grew up around the 90s heroin chic kind of look which was that sort of like kate moss mm. heroin chic yeah okay, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i didn't Rings come up true. with that term i'm not sure where i got it from but anyway it was this sort of very like slim S androgynous even yeah, of, yeah emaciated yeah it was it was um it was a real look and i think that that's that's definitely my age bracket and older mm. Um, and so that causes people to lean more towards like the yoga side of things and fall into that category of like, I just want to run and do my yoga and look like Gwyneth Paltrow in 2003. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's when she of, got Brad. Yeah, when she, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, like so generationally, what was generationally. kind of what was what was the conditioning of the beauty standard exactly. through those formative years? Exactly, and so exactly that, and so I think culturally speaking, like w 
if you associate it with that, then yeah, you're going to be like, mm, do I really need to weight train? I could just run, do a couple of Pilates classes um, just to keep my joints maybe strong. Maybe that's the perception that they have around Pilates and then do some yoga, some hot yoga, especially, um, and you know, so I think it's just trying to find a way. I, I see my position, at least in this space, is trying to convince people, but especially women, because I can relate to them and I can relate to the pressures of the beauty standard and industry and whatever, um, that there's this whole other world of reasons to strength train that have nothing to do with the way that you look. And you also don't need to actually do strength training in order to look muscular, if that makes sense. Like that's not the reason that you need to be strength training for, if that makes sense. So it's like, you're not just because you squat heavy doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be really big. You don't even have to squat quote unquote heavy because heavy is relative and it changes, but it's like you don't even need to be lifting crazy loads of weight in order to get health benefits from strength training. Absolutely. Do you think that that, that sort of idea of what you just put forward is where that common thing of I, I don't want to get bulky comes from, which is a common thing yeah. that you hear from women when it's like, oh, hey, what do you think about lifting some weights? Totally. It still is there, but it's my age and above. It's not there with younger generations because they want, they, they like the thick, you know. Yeah, like thick has come thick, back. Thick with a double C has come back. Absolutely. Uh, or back. I don't, was it ever in? Uh, Maybe in the no, Botticelli it was never, era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good point, actually. Botticelli was like, all yeah, not for here. Big. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah. Who was Botticelli? Botticelli, the artist. Okay. Let's, of I course. think he's Renaissance. Oh, I think he's Botticelli. Renaissance period. But <laughs> 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 hashtag I was thinking. I was thinking opera singer. What's he doing with the thick girls? No, Botticelli. <laughs> Am I right? Am I just like really fucking with my. Because you'll have to edit this. No, shit no, no, I think, no, no, I think a lot of the paintings back then, thick was. Was good because it represented wealth. Wealth, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and you t and it was practical. I mean that that mm. is that is something like it's not um, the same kind of thick as today though because no. today no, thick, yeah, is thick is like muscle, like, yeah, yeah, booty, just yeah. in yeah. a certain exactly. region, yeah, <laughs> tiny waist. But yeah, like some like a, an observation that that I make of like say that you were talking about the long and lean and the Pilates and you know you drive through Clavelli or Bondi and it's like these studios. And it's like yoga Pilates studio and you can see the branding and it's all, you know who it's targeted at. Yep, it's, absolutely. You know, it costs a bunch. It's, it's all women that go there or generally mostly women that go there yes. and, and all good. However, something that I notice a lot from these, from the, from the people that fit into this style of training, like you see them and you can see, yeah, like it's a very, it's, there's an aesthetic to it and you can see that there's health and vitality there. But if I'm looking for someone to help me get some shit done, like move some furniture or fucking, hey, we need to, mm -hmm. we need to go and clean it. You know, I need some, I need some labor. Who's up to help? I'm not going to ask that person. No. It's like there, and that, we talk about at Jungle Rose, we talk about robustness yes, and resilience. durability. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and people are like, what are those qualities? And you're like, well, I can tell you what it's not. And it is the person that I would not ask me to help move house. Totally. Because like that person picks up a couch and they might snap. Exactly. You know, and it's, and it's like, okay, I get it. Like that seems important. Not everyone's doing removalist work or like needs to be incredibly physical. Yep. But there is a correlation, I think, between like having the ability to get your hands dirty and to get your body dirty and do some physical work and also just having like a, an inner strength and a yes. like a like a like a like a thick skin approach to life 
This is this is what I really wanted to talk about actually because when I think about it, I mean, we all know, like we, I think for the most part, and I don't know whether listeners ha- have heard about this, but obviously I have heard it many, many times and I've said it many times. We can talk about like osteoporosis and, and now there's like earlier onset of it for women, especially um, women usually on, on average suffer from it more anyway. So that's like a reduction in bone mineral density and therefore you end up with like breaks. Um, but the danger of breaks is that they can happen in your hips. And when that happens, like you become completely immobile and then you can die. And so like uh, mobility from, uh, sorry, um, mortality from um, falls is actually the second highest in, in the in the world across deaths. Wow. Yeah. So it's like very bad. And for elderly, like that includes children. And so obviously if, if a kid falls badly, then bad things can happen. But um, for it's really bad when you get over a certain age. Now, the habits that need to be instilled in order to maintain your bone mineral density don't start when you're 80, mm. right? Like mm. you don't just go, I'm 80 now. I'm going to go pick up the barbell. <laughs> Sorry about the voice. I had to do it. <laughs> Could not do it. That's probably what I'm going to sound like. Okay. So just FYI, I'm just giving everyone a preview. Um, so you don't just pick up a barbell at that point, right? You need to wait. Um, sorry, you need to establish those habits early. But the other thing is, is that now we're seeing early onset of osteoporosis. So reduced bone mineral density in, in women from like 35. Wow. I'm 34 right now. So it's like, if I was told by my doctor that I have a bone mineral density issue and I ha- had never lifted weights in my life and I went and <laughs> was like, fuck, I have to learn. I would go to Jungle Brothers, but um, I would also be like, fuck, like, how am I going to do this? And so it would be this really painful thing of like trying to establish this new habit of things that I'd done. So that's one thing. And I feel like I've said that a lot and people have heard me say, talk about this. And I think people have heard other people talk about it. And sometimes when you have your own fitness routine, the yoga, the Pilates, the runs, the whatever, it's not so motivating to hear someone say like, okay, but like we're going to train for osteoporosis reduction. Like, yeah, let's like keep that in sarcopenia. We don't want that. Like, oh, cool. Can't wait to take a photo of my lack of sarcopenia or my lack of osteoporosis, <laughs> right? You can't put that on Instagram. So, um, yeah, it's not an impending threat. It's not a, exactly right. And so therefore it's hard for it to be. Thank you. That was brilliant, Joe. Yes. That got me back on track. So I would say that, I think this other reason that I want to talk about, and I don't think it's like a gendered thing, I think it's just a human thing, but it's really, you guys will definitely know what I'm talking about. When you weight train, it, it's, I guess it's the, it creates this sense of like self-reliance that's really empowering. That means that when you behave in the world and interact in the world, you're not reacting or interacting with it from a place of weakness now you you may be because obviously that's nuanced but there's this subtle inner strength that comes from weight training which you touched on and I just found that over time it's made me interact with people and the world around me in a different way in a more calm Mm. way in a more like I can get shit done I'm not so reliant as soon as you feel vulnerable you're your behavior changes. You start needing things from other people in a way that's like, I need you, I need this. So maybe you can't relate as as men, right? But I can definitely, because you, it, maybe that's been pressured upon you with the different like requirements of men and let's say the patriarchy. Which, oh, no, goddamn no, no. patriarchy. The goddamn it gets patriarchy. us all. Yeah, sorry. No, not that. But but whatever, these sort of like these gender rules that, that men have pressures as well and women have other pressures. So, so I would say like... Uh, 
I totally understand. Do you understand what, what I'm saying? saying? Like I totally it's, understand. Yeah, what it's sort of it's hard to qualify. I guess it's the same. Okay, you know what? Okay, here we go. So one of the best lessons I think I've learned recently in jujitsu was that um, I need to get better at guard retention. And to give you another now another analogy for that, it would be like learning to stop on a skateboard. Right. So if you take up skateboarding, like the first thing you learn is not going to be how to go really fast down a hill. It's how to stop. And when you know how to stop, you then feel safer to try other things. Right. Mm. So same with jujitsu. If you can retain your guard, which means like not allowing other people for those that don't know, not allowing, not explaining it to the black belt sitting in front of me. Please. I was just looking directly at Joey. I was like, okay, so just oh. so you know, like you want to make sure they don't pass your guard. Anyway, so he's just nodding it. I wish you guys could see. Why are we filming? You guys should have the, this on YouTube. I know, we've been trying. The video, the video files are too big. Oh. We go for like 90 minutes, man. It's yeah, cute. that's so... I don't yeah, have most of the podcasts do. What about Lex? You guys could be the next new Lex Fridman. When you start your podcast... We're way fucking cooler than Lex. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> you're like a black belt. You could totally do it. All right, we'll I don't do know it. who he is. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, go on. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, okay, so, so what I'm about. trying to say is, yeah, so guard retention. So it's basically like being a bit more defensive in your approach with jiu-jitsu and that creates a level of confidence, which means I don't get as scared when I'm rolling, which means I'm much less kind of like um, the word that everyone uses in jiu-jitsu is spazzy, but it's not very PC. So <laughs> we're going to go with like... Retarded. <laughs> Joey, for fuck's sake. No. Oh, we can't say that. We oh, can't say that bad. one. So, so spazzy is the word that, that they use in jiu-jitsu. But it just is like when you go a bit crazy and you're kind of running around the mat and like going Hit super people. aggressive or – what's another word? I'm still Why laughing are we so shit? I know. That was, it was actually quite an, an amazing drop. But, yes, we need another word. Anyway, so the point is, is that the way that you react and interact with your jiu-jitsu partner when you feel really vulnerable – often means that you do things that are less calculated, that are less calm, that are less, um, <laughs> I would say less smart because you're probably going to end up getting either injured or submitted, right? Yeah. So the same thing happens in this very subtle, difficult to explain way with strength training, particularly strength training for women. And I find that when you go into a place where you feel confident that you could carry your own luggage, when you feel confident that you could move shit around your house, um, travel by yourself, travel with friends and hold your own shit, protect others. Like it just- Preach. Yeah, it just creates it's a so different true. mentality mm. in how you interact with the world. And I, I think that, I don't know, it's like that to me is probably a little bit more motivating than osteoporosis and sarcopenia. And even, I would say, even fucking booty gains. I would say it's more motivating than that. Absolutely. I mean, the, there has to be, because what, we're talk, what you're talking about there is bridging between physical and spiritual in a sense. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, it's just a physical practice. You go lift the weights. But what we're saying is like there's a, there's, a, there's a distinct spiritual benefit to doing this as well as physical. Um, we know that with every other process or system in nature, there's a reward system for the things that, that nature needs us to do. Yes. And being physically capable is paramount in a natural environment, right? Absolutely. Being able to run, jump, climb, fight, whatever, like yes. those are inherent in the natural environment. So there has to be a system that rewards you for pursuing that kind of training, even though we don't need it now necessarily in daily life because you don't have to protect against the marauding tribe or whatever. Yeah. 
but it's like the people that are that are not exploring that facet of their life are missing something that perhaps they they because they've never tasted it they'll never Exactly. They never know they're missing. Yes. You don't know what you don't know. And also, yeah, it's just trying to encourage people, which is why I'm, I'm always trying to say like, because maybe you're, yeah, if you associate strength training with this like bigger look, more muscular look, maybe it's not even that you think it's bulky, but it's like quite muscular and you just sort of think like, I don't really want to look like that. Let me tell you, it's not about that. Like, and it can often take quite a lot of work in order to look muscular as a woman. Like, and I, you know, I've definitely had many women say to me, like, it doesn't take me much. And like my thighs build very quickly. (laughs) And to that, I say, yeah, that may well be the case. I'm not here to tell you that you don't know what's going on with your body. That may well be the case. So then learn how to lift in a way that doesn't overactivate your quadriceps. Like train something else, like train Mm. your hamstrings make your glutes fire better. You know, there are different things that you can do, but don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a pretty heavy analogy. Strong is sexy now. No, I've seen, and I've seen that play out with a a particular uh, woman, amazing woman in the gym who I won't name comes to mind, who I remember she mentioned something to me. I hope that she's listening to this episode. Uh, She mentioned something to me about like a, a guy that she was dating commenting on her arms like in a cool way, but he's like, damn, like you got strong arms, you know, something positive. But she was a little, she, I was like, how fucking cool is that? And she was like, oh, like it wasn't that cool kind of thing. Like she wasn't she stoked like on it. it. Yep. But what I've seen is that in the last couple of years, since we had that conversation, she's like really like lent into like yeah. how she looks and tank tops and stuff. And she looks amazing. Yes. And I'm like, and I, I'm just guessing, but I'm like, I think that her mindset has shifted about her looks and, you know, the aesthetic, Yep. which is kind of to your point, if you get into the process, perhaps your your current uh, perspective like of these this. things yes. will shift. It will shift. Because you'll start to, you'll start, you'll meet people, oh, wow, this is someone that I, you look at a gym from the outside, you see these people, you assume them to be a certain way. Yes. Whereas you get in there like, oh, that person's just like me. Oh, that person's like my mum. Oh, wow, I, and this is like my, you know, like, okay. Absolutely. And your, your horizons broaden perhaps? Yes. You also, like, I look at the human body and I just fucking respect what it does. Like, even if you're not strength training, right? It's just fucking amazing. It's constantly, like, the whole, the, the notion that our body is making us better at whatever it is that we consistently do. That's fucking, that's amazing. It were, it's like doing, it's doing the right thing by us for the most part because it's doing, it's trying to make us better. So if you're sitting at a desk for nine hours a day, it's going to try and make you better at sitting at a desk, right? And that's kind of cool. So it's like, it's going to help you put more muscle on your upper back. You're going to be right? so goddamn good at sitting you're at a desk. You're going to have such a great <laughs> We're doing this back. together. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like this, the, the tissue that's going to develop around, you know, just the, the start of your cervical spine is going to be fucking strong. It's eccentrically <laughs> loaded I just thought that day. that'd be a really good series to do for a fitness personality. <laughs> where you coach people through certain movements sitting at a desk and you're basically giving them all the opposite things that they should ne- they, that they need, right? Yeah, but say like, I want you to be so fucking Come good on, at working at this shrug desk. that. Yeah, exactly. Tuck the chin. That's right. Move it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Extend. Protract. Move it, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah protract. I love it. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think that's kind of amazing. So it's just about remembering that and then thinking, okay, well, so what do I want my body to be better at? And maybe it's like, you know, some sport that you like, maybe you don't like sport, but you just think, oh, I want it to be like good at 
functioning. And so in that case, you're then going to start to associate what the bodies that do strength training with like good things. You're going to find it sexy. Like I do think that like there was definitely a time and this is again, this heroin chic era where there are and you know, there's still a lot of men out there that are like that. And look, I'm talking from a very heteronormative context here um, because that's the the place that I can talk from the most. I'm not trying to have this conversation to leave anyone out. But um, in my experience, the when we're talking about men and women having attraction towards each other, there definitely was a time when when men were sort of leaning more towards the the heroin chic woman. Absolutely. Right, it was like that skinny, skinny, just skinny. Yeah. Right, and I think times are changing now, where there's an attraction for a woman who um, looks like she holds her own, looks That's like right. she isn't going to break. Yes, I completely Don't agree. Oh, absolutely. I, or you think that would never existed, and women just thought that we wanted that men wanted skinny women. No, well, I guess what I was going to say was, but what about the Victoria's Secret models? That like, what's yeah. the deal with that? Well, isn't it? Because that's bankrupt now. Anyway. Oh, I don't know, but oh. I saw yeah. last year or something it. a little show yeah. that had Halsey on it. So you know Halsey, <laughs> yeah. she sang in it, and I was like, oh. And I hadn't seen a Victoria's model show since probably when I was a teenager. Yep, was watching it, and they're they're really slim and tall. They're like yes. really really slim and and thin. Yes. So I think it might still be around, but but not yep. that pop, like it's dying in popularity it's dying out. I, was, so let me, I was confused yeah so let me let me check because i'm pretty sure victoria's secret went bankrupt really yeah so i think that the, the culture bad is things changing happen to bad so people much. yeah that too meanwhile i do see um like underwear brands and clothing brands yes. they're really being very inclusive more bodies, with yes. more yeah. bodies different shapes I mean, exactly. fucking insurance companies are taking. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, and telecommunications. Tele- and anyone in advertising is trying to show more shapes, which yeah. in general is good. Yes. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's great. You can't help but feel like some of it is such a deliberate attempt. Yeah. Yes. But that's what that, it that's needs what to be, doesn't it? It yeah. needs like, to be a bit yeah. performative initially. Yeah. Right. Like hundred percent. Yeah. The um the I I can resonate with that idea of like you know back in the nineties I feel like a lot of guys that I knew. And again, this is talking from a heteronormative perspective, because yes. that's the one I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. All the dudes I, from my sort of generalization of my mates, was that they all liked like skinny girls. Yeah. And it was all, and it was, and even when I when I lived in Bondi, it was oh man, yeah, she's like like that model type. Yeah. And personally, it was never I never found it to be particularly attractive. Yep. Paulie knows, and uh, I was always I could never understand that, and I and I used to. And I'm not trying to judge someone's taste, right, in, mm-hmm. in what they find attractive, but I often found myself <laughs> like having this conversation in my head where I'm like, does he actually like that type of girl or does he like that type of girl because that's the type of girl that other guys like? So there's a status. That's interesting. And it's like, oh, I, my, my, my new girl's like a model type. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, to also go, yes, I thought that. I also used to think that maybe it was – because I dated this guy once, um, we'll not name names, but um, I remember like giving him a hug and he was like, Ugh, like just don't hug me with the, like the jujitsu way. <laughs> I was like, what? I, like, I was like, I'm not fucking head arm choking you here. Like, Seatbelt or something? What were you no, doing? it was like I put my arm around the back of his head, but I wasn't, it wasn't like I was going in for some fucking cross collar grip or anything like Clamp that. Your feet, hands I did form a gable grip. <laughs> no, no, there was, I was just hugging him, but I, I was, st- I, 
definitely stronger than him. And um, I, yeah, and so I think it really actually impacted his like sense of masculinity. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, is it these days that, is it attractive for strong women still? Because I think that when I think of a lot of dudes, they'd be way intimidated by that. By the strength of, of the physical strength of a woman. Yes, or even the confidence of a woman. And I wondered when you're talking about heroin chic, what was the attractiveness there? Exactly. Was it the fashion aspect of it? Or was it the... The manipulation. Was it the fact that they knew that, that they the were stronger? Sm- yeah, stronger yeah. than them. Yeah, and I, I think that... Mm. I think something like that may play into it. Not everyone. Not shitting on your mates, Joey, but sort ah, of shitting on your fuck mates. Em. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's my only friend. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I do think that there's something that plays into that is this sort of like... Um, you know, it's definitely going to take certain men to maybe change their taste or or be with the women that would still want to be in that dynamic. Um, but it does it, it doesn't level out the playing field really. I mean, like most, you know, if you're into fitness and you're dating another strong woman who's also into fitness or strength, let's say not fitness but strength training, let's say you're both into strength training, like if the guy's on one of the Jungle Brothers programs, chances are he's probably going to be somewhat physically stronger just purely based on biology. Yeah, because he has the advantage of being a male. Because he has the advantage of being a male. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there is a real funny thing. We talk about it a lot with the – with like guys – like that, that thing where the guy said to you about like your jiu-jitsu hug or the guy saying, oh, your arm's looking strong, whatever. This yeah. Idea, like – like guys not being cool with their with their woman being empowered by her training and like getting really into it. Yeah. And I don't know, like, yeah, there's obviously a manipulation aspect there in some relationships and whatnot, but, I, but I'm trying to figure out what that is. Is it just the fact that someone's changing? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, like maybe that doesn't tie into your, your jiu-jitsu piece, but we see it a lot here. Women are extremely open to coming into a gym like ours. Yes. Because they recognize more so than males because they're less... Uh, their vision is clearer because they don't have so much ego that's kind of, you know, um, fogging up the, the windows. Or it's just different. I would say women definitely do have an ego, but it's just it it just is met in a it's met with different triggers. Okay, yeah, Whereas fair it's call. not this it's not this trigger. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But so they will come in here and say, hey, I don't really know much about training. This looks like a good place. I'm in. Whereas guys will tend to not come in because they're like, no, I already know how to train. Totally, right? yes. So we have this this thing where you get these women, they come and train here and they start to like transform their life and they'll tell you, oh, I've been telling my partner about it but he's just fucking not that receptive to it and he trains at this other gym and, you know, he's not getting anywhere. Like, and we're, we're always aware, we kind of tell them, don't say too much because you're just going to push him further away. Totally. But we've seen where that disparity kind of grows and the woman's had this transformation and the, the partner has stayed where he is and all of a sudden, like, they're, they're not as in alignment anymore. It, wh- yeah, what, what is that? Is this, are you saying that the statistical, like, is, are you basically saying that if someone comes to Jungle Brothers, chances are they're going to break up? There's a strong <laughs> chance. <laughs> no, yeah. There's a strong – no, but it's it, – No, it's, but I see what you mean. It creates it cause, awkwardness. It can create awkwardness for sure. 100%. To the point there where when a, when, a, when a girl from the gym brings her partner in, like, for an yeah. open day or whatever, and yeah. he's like, hey, what's going on? Like, nice to meet you guys. Fuck, she loves it here. We're like so stoked over that. We're like, dude, yes. thanks for coming in. Like, yep. you know, that means more to us than you'd know. Yes. Because most dudes whose women right. train here will avoid the place. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean. Maybe it's gone a bit off topic, but. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> I think it's definitely something. I mean, it's worth considering because if we're talking about strength training for women, you know, it. I think 
it can be nice to actually train with your partner. Like let's – if you tr- – yeah. I mean I've always had problems training with boyfriends um, – at least early on when I was asking them to train me or I didn't know anything about it and I went in and was like, oh, could you train me? And then, like I said, we ended up doing like a bicep pyramid, um, which just probably wasn't in alignment with like what I was trying (laughs) to grow at the time in terms of my muscles. I wasn't trying to walk out there like fucking Popeye. Um, So, you know, coming and joining Oh my god! It really sounds like I'm like I'm not getting commission on Jungle <laughs> Brothers memberships here. Just FYI, but like if you come into a place where you are still learning from uh, people that know what they're doing, and you do strength training that way rather than just like asking your boyfriend to train you, I think is a really good thing. But yes, I think you have to know that there might be a change in the nature of relationships, and and if anything, that's a, I think that's a good thing because if you suddenly find out that your partner is incapable of being with you because you've had a positive change that they haven't. I think that's just highlights a really negative quality in, in that person. That being said, I'm not the type of person to encourage you to just walk away. Like I hate that saying of like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a hell no. Cause I'm like, well, try marriage, try having children, <laughs> try Like what the fuck that saying is so annoying. Um, <laughs> If that was the case, then divorce rates would be even higher, right? We have to be able to sit through the uncomfortable and know that when we're met with discomfort in a relationship or in strength training, like it's just an opportunity to build resilience or to build strength or to build some or kind of self-awareness. Or to help that partner lift him out of whatever's totally. ego that's holding him back from walking in and being vulnerable. Exactly. Mm. And being like, okay, my, my girlfriend lifts not just more but better than me and that's okay and I'm, I'm here to learn. Like, yeah, being in that space. This should be the that should be the sound clip. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you have Jungle Brothers in there though? Yeah, <laughs> we can cut it in yeah, from one and many from, other. I know the many other <laughs> fucking references I've made. But also, I would say, like to the women that maybe don't feel comfortable, because you have female coaches here as well, right? Yep. Yeah, like I, I would for a long time I didn't feel comfortable training with women. Isn't this crazy? Like I didn't want to have a female personal trainer, even though I became one. What was that? Um. Because I thought they oh, – this is so funny. Misogynistically, I actually just thought they wouldn't know as what much as men. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're just not really going to know. And they might be bitchy. I just associated women in fitness and women in sport, particularly because that was my experience in gymnastics and, like, in all the different competitive sports that I'd done. Like, the female coaches always were, like – seemed bitchy but I think that it's just because my perception of what a woman should be was like should be soft and motherly and I felt like the coaches were like harsh and intense but that's sometimes particularly in sports and elite sports that's what a coach is they are a lot of the time the approach was very much about being strict and it's not about being motherly and nurturing so I just kind of thought like oh women in sport are mean and horrible I just would rather be around a man because men weren't mean to me they were just being men so it was just like my misconceptions around that another another roadblock that maybe people of my generation and my era may experience and and above may experience Mm. where you have these kind of gender norms that you might be like oh like yeah women I don't want a a female trainer she's not going to know as much as a man and it's just not the case now especially um and also one thing that I think women understand is not just the experience of feeling vulnerable as a woman, but also the cycle, menstrual cycle, training around that. And a lot of men are starting to learn and be okay with it. 
do you guys, you guys, they're staring back at me blankly. Do you know that every month Please a woman, on. a woman <laughs> may bleed? Just taking notes here. Yeah. Dude, what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> is she talking about? <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what happens. Tell me. Birds um, and the beats. Yeah, that's something that we are, we're cut, like I would say has only come into our awareness in the last couple of years, really. Yeah. Because it's just not spoken about in, no. in fitness, right? Yep. Um, and for obvious reasons, you know, I can, I can understand why. Well, no, for obvious reasons, I can understand why, say, a woman in the gym wouldn't want to talk to a coach about it. Mm. Uh, however, the fact that it's just sort of been relatively ignored yeah, in, in mainstream fitness is pretty absurd. Um, yeah. I've actually got an interesting guest coming on the show in, uh, in a couple of weeks, a, ner- uh, a woman named Sarah, Sarah Gross. Mm. Who works for Stacy Sims? Oh, brilliant! Yeah. I was going to say Stacy Sims is a fucking G. Yeah, I was trying to get Stacy Sims on the show, and her team was like, "She's too busy, man." But but they She's said, we'll get, we, "Sarah can jump on. She's the CEO of this company. The company's called Women Are Not Small Men, which yeah. is the term. Which that is the term Stacey that yeah, that coined, sort of right? she's famous for saying. Yeah, exactly. Because so all I, the research was very much based in like just kind of. Men and then women are just like an anomaly. half versions uh, of that. Yeah, or, or they or they said to her like scientifically in those studies, women are just like an aberration. Like they just they're like, no, we don't even fuck with that. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah. So she's amazing, and and the sort of the work that she's done is amazing. So understand, she's a good person to sort of like follow in terms of like understanding the different phases of your cycle and like when to train. Like for so long, we've always been pushed with this narrative of like oh you on your rags like you go period like oh she's she's a bit crazy and she is probably going to be a bit weak isn't able to train and actually according to the research it's actually when you're at your strongest now this there's obviously some varying degrees here because for some women and I'm in that category I have heavy menstrual bleeds so that means that and there's a way that you can understand that. Um, and Stacey talks about that a lot. A lot of people do. There's information everywhere now. Um, but if you have that, then yeah, the chances are like if you bleed heavily, you're not going to want to stand under like and perform your heaviest lift on those days. Or if mm. you're just trying to manage it, like I don't do jujitsu on the first two days of my period, not because I'm not going to have the strength because hormonally speaking I would, but because I just feel like shit and I also just don't want to bleed all over the mats understandable yeah. <laughs> especially not the jungle brothers mats which are like white <laughs> oh, no. oh no they're gray like the gray. Walls, are walls are white yeah that would be worse <laughs> what are the can you like what are the basic consider and i know this is not the topic of the conversation but like on that yep maybe just from your experience so then how do you approach your training over that four-week cycle so it's funny because I don't – it's not like I really base my training around it. I've always been someone that's listened to my body very strongly anyway, especially because I came from yoga and yoga is very much about listening in and it is about honouring different cycles. It, you're honouring moon cycles, you're honouring luteal and follicular cycles, mm-hmm. which are the more scientific names or, or um, yeah, anatomical name. would you say it in anatomy? Yeah, physiological names for these different phases. Um I think the most important thing is just understanding the difference between your high hormone phase and your low hormone phase. Um, I actually brought some notes in because I just wanted to make sure that I didn't like fuck up any um, information for you guys. Very but good. I think done some research. <laughs> I have, I have. Um, so your sex hormones are at their lowest um, on the week that you have your period, right? And this is when your body's actually more resilient to stress. 
Um, and so it's actually a great time to push through like your more high intensity training, um, which is just the opposite of what the narrative says. Right. And that's what's key is like we often this is where you ha- this is again another reason pointing towards like strength training and just training in general learning to listen to your own internal cues because sometimes what we've been told not necessarily in the scientific community but in mainstream media over and over and over again it goes against actually what our body is telling us and so if you're not training enough let's say you're training twice a week and you're not really being called to pay attention to what your body is saying to you often you just will listen to what the norm is and you don't actually listen to the fact that oh maybe actually i can train on my period and maybe i actually feel fucking great so it's just about understanding after ovulation and some women don't even track any cycles right if you've been on the pill for 15 years chances are you probably aren't doing that as well right Mm. and so there's all kinds of things that can crop up when you have just total disconnect from your body so at after ovulation, you'll go through this period where you start to feel really flat. And that's when you actually shouldn't be trying to hit PVs. And the problem is, and Stacey Sims talks about this a lot, is that many women will um, make these assumptions that like their training's failing or they're not doing enough. And so they'll start overtraining in a period where they actually shouldn't be, right? right. From ovulation onwards. Because they're like, this is reflective of where I'm at. Totally. And so I suck. And then the psychological things that come in with those hormones. Mm. So you actually, you're more like, you're more likely to experience anxiety. You're more likely to experience just negative feelings in general, right? And so those are compounded. If you pay attention to your emotional change and variance throughout the cycle, what you start to realize is that sometimes you're trying to attach experience to the feeling. So let me give you an example. I'm going to give you a really specific example. I'm so going off track. Sorry, guys. I'm going to come back to the luteal and the follicular phase or like at least the two different periods um, that you need to pay attention to. But one of the things I realized recently when I was really – because I had a uh, therapist say to me a long time ago when I was dealing with a breakup, like, you need to track your period. And I was like, (laughs) wow, typical. How misogynistic. You're trying to tell me this about my period. No, he was a dick, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, "Mm, maybe I need to do this because what I was finding was that I was having an argument with him every day before my period. So like the day before (laughs) my bleed, I would literally have the, I'd be like. When when you're at your strongest. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, He's like, you and that jujitsu hug. (laughs) This is a different guy. But anyway, point is, is that I was like, we'd sort of, I'd have an argument and then the next day I'd have my period and I'd be like, fuck, I'd be like, this is really like, Going into the that guy's the, right. Yeah, I'm like all, all men from forever are right about yeah. this thing of like, oh, you on your rags, you on your period, and so I was like, fuck, that can't be the, the case. And so anyway, this therapist, a woman, actually said to me, I want you to track your period, and just pay attention to the cycle of emotion that you have. And so I've been doing that now for four years, and what's been really interesting is noticing, yeah, I do have those down down times. When I say down times, I mean like feeling blue. And when I feel like that, often what I find myself doing is looking for something to attach that feeling to. So some behavior in someone that's near me or some failing I might have at work or whatever it might be. It's always me trying to go, so I'll wake up, I'll go, I feel really shit. Why do I feel shit? I feel shit because so-and-so said that to me or didn't write back to my text or blah, 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 or I didn't hit my lift this week or whatever it might be, right? And I start associating the, the 
experiences in my life with the cause of the bad feeling. When in actual fact, the bad feeling is the cause of me then starting to attach it to something happening. Right. So it's what, yeah. And so this is something actually we talk about in um, the cognitive behavioral therapy kind of model, which is like you've got thoughts, emotions, and behavior. And for a long time, we thought that thought caused bad emotion. Mm-hmm. right a bad feeling but actually what they've come to realize over time and many years of research is that emotion and feeling can actually it's bi-directional so mm. it's like actually it can impact the thoughts you have right and of course like it seems it's common knowledge now that we can say like anxiety and depression will cause you to have bad thoughts yeah right but how do you that sounds tricky because how do you differentiate what caused the feeling well exactly like i guess it's for you at least you're, yeah and you've got mm. the awareness you're mm-hmm. tracking it. I don't. Do you do you track it like I somewhere? Up, I just I, yeah, just track it on my iPhone. I know on my iPhone, and then there's little points where you can write notes and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, but you could do it in a diary. You could do it anywhere. Whatever's going to be the most convenient to track, right? And then it's up to you at that point to decide whether he was an actual actually being a dickhead, totally, or whether it was potentially you, exactly, mm. or whether it was just like. It, it's not anything and you just feel bad, Sure. right? Like it so could, the, the or, lens is making everything. The lens is making everything so much worse. Yeah. And again, that causes you to behave slightly differently. So to bring it all back to, to strength training and just training in general is that often when women aren't aware of their cycle, they go through this period. So after they ovulate, they start to feel shit. And then they start to say, I'm a failure. Training isn't working. My personal trainer sucks. Jungle brothers suck because I'm not getting results. It's not that you're not getting results. You're also experiencing weight fluctuation. There's all these things going on. Your PBs aren't going up. Like you're starting to go, it must be the programming. It must be something else. It must be this. But in actual fact, it's just that you're going through a natural cycle that women are going to go through hormonally. And so the best thing to do is to just sit in it. Like just go, okay, this is my recovery period. And that's why if it becomes more mainstream for coaches, trainers, everyone to men and women to understand the menstrual cycle it's going to make people way more committed to their training because it's like you'll probably program around it and you'll go okay we're going to do the deload week in the the week before you know things get really bad or so sorry we'll do our deload week when things are bad and then the day one of your period we're going to then ramp up into the next phase of the programming or into your peak phase let's say yeah and even just i mean i I can see it from if everyone's aware of it and it's kind of it's all out on the table in terms of information then it's easy for people to talk about it yeah like you know even if it's like you're not chasing big goals in your training but you can just say to your coach not this week like just let i'm just gonna fucking do my thing don't push me too hard yeah man i get it you know whereas i'm sure most women would feel like particularly in a class environment where a coach has gone around driving everyone hey let's go you know push a little bit harder you're trying to give people that but it's it yeah, a lot of women would feel uncomfortable to a, to say, oh, I'm having my period this week. Can you just back off? Can you just back off? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, yeah exactly. I'm showing up. That's the victory today. I'm, it, exactly. But the, the irony – or not irony. It's not really irony. But it's like it's actually honouring the fact that, yeah, in the, if it is women in their period, then for many women, unless they're heavy menstrual bleeders, they're probably actually going to be in their peak week. So that it's right. also so, so not an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, you're actually wrong about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to, to the latest that. podcast with Shona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Funnily enough, I recently was in South Australia doing some free diving, a free diving thing called a Deep Week. And when I was there, I had my period. And we had to do 
the weekend before I had done um, a static hold, so just a static breath hold, and I got to three minutes, just after three minutes Oof. in my static breath hold, which was great, in a pool. And then I came thinking the next week, like, got this in the bag. It was day one of my bleed. Um, but I, again, heavy menstrual bleeder here. So it's like, not I'm not in a good place on my first day of the bleed. And um, couldn't get past a minute 30. Holy shit. And I was like crying. And I was so upset with myself. I was so angry. And I spoke to a couple of the freediving coaches there and, and the females. And they were like, I say females. I always get in trouble for saying females. Why? Why? I know. Because you don't know. No, because it's meant to be like derogatory, is it? Or oh, fuck, I don't know. No, but in the context of what we're talking about, exactly. it's totally appropriate. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to specify understand. that. She understands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. Anyway, okay, great. So anyway, she um, had said to me, um, yeah, it's like quite common amongst the um, amongst the community because there's not a lot of research yet in freediving. There's a little bit, but not a amongst lot. Amongst the bleeders? Amongst the bleeders. Yeah, yeah that's better to say. That's a nicer way to go. put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Really nice. Yeah, so amongst the bleeders, they know that, um, yeah, there's – no, you can't say that either because some <laughs> – <laughs> Anyway, sorry, you're, my bad. Don't take my lead. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, take, Mr. Take. Woke over here. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, so, yes, anyway, the moral of the story was that, yeah, you have to honour just what your body's feeling and what you're experiencing. And so it's really up to you. You have to be responsible for your own things. And obviously people like Dr. Stacey Sims are trying to push this to be more mainstream. But ultimately our health is our own responsibility. And so it's worthwhile just really tracking – you'll see huge improvements to your overall feelings of like just security in this world, in this existence. Otherwise it's just like this, if you don't aren't aware of something being a cycle, it just, you feel all over the place with those kinds of hormonal fluctuations. Yeah. That's an amazing point. And I actually think given the context of women strength training, this idea of like getting people into it and going, Hey, this is good for you you might have a couple of really good weeks and then you hit a shit week like that and it throws you off and you think it's the, the process that you're on when in reality, no, this is just a part of, it's just something that if you can learn to work with it, yeah. you'll be largely more successful. I mean, I know that, you know, we, many different cycles say, like like men go through hormonal cycles, like that's yeah. a thing. It's, it's less of a thing, obviously, um, but it's a piece of it. Um, Tell you know, me more. F- f- yeah, I remember no, my naturopath saying that to me many I years ago. I have no ago. idea. Yeah, no, it's true. And I actually read an article recently. I'm going to try and bring it up because I want to hear what you have to say. So it, the, I recently read an article that was saying that men actually have the same – I think it was in neuroscience something. Men have the same uh, kind of emotional hormonal fluctuations as women. Now, don't quote me on that because I need to pull up this article. But, yeah, basically they, there was They like definitely do around, um, around pregnancy. Guys will have <sighs> hormonal fluctuations as a result of their partner going through theirs. And like uh, apparently, there's apparently a study done recently that shows that men will put weight on around the belly, at this while uh, in in anticipation of the baby about to be born and times getting tough. Oh my god! Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's been disproven now, but but it's you know, there's there's a link there. There's more shit going on. I underneath. saw it a year ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the cheeseburgers, bro. <laughs> but but anyway, my point is is that. Um, there's, there's cycles in everything. So if you can understand that, like say with fatherhood where you're like, all right, this first year, um, maybe it's like the first 10 years is going to be tough. For me, I decided I'm not going to put a huge amount of pressure on my training. Mm. I'm just going to back off a little bit, get three sessions a week like of strength and I'm happy. Mm. But if I wasn't prepared for that and if I was still like, no, nah, i got to fucking get the results and pushing for it, constantly disappointing myself, 
I might be under the illusion that like something's wrong with me or yeah. the way I'm training is wrong yeah. or the gym sucks or whatever, yeah. or I just suck. Yeah. Whereas an acknowledgement of, no, no, there's actually forces that are outside of your control yep. that, are, that life will, you know, impose on you. Yep. And if you can sort of acknowledge that, then things get a lot easier. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's understanding the ebbs and flows and developing, as, as you guys say here, is like robustness and resilience. Great way to bring it back. Yeah. Tell me, give me some, oh, did you find yeah, this Yeah, well, every link? day a man's testosterone levels rise in the morning and fall in the evening. Test levels can vary from day to day. That would definitely have an effect. I also think there's this um, – I think you guys have menopause. Menopause. Oh, <laughs> I like that. How's that Do work? Do you not think that you guys have menopause? I think you guys have this sort of like menopausal like – it's in a more of a like intellectual way. I don't know about the physiology. I'm sure you do too. But like this sort of um, psychological, suddenly you go from like this really aggressive need to like spread your seed and have variety of women, let's say in the heteronormative perspective. And then you s get to a certain age and you suddenly go like, oh, maybe I do have family values and maybe I do want to have children. And I, I thought know, that's do, just do you what you happens like when you move out of Bondi. Is it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. That's the trigger. It's our environmental. It's environmental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's an epigenetic thing, not so much just straight genes. I guess. No, it definitely happens. You feel well, that? I shouldn't say that it's the case for everyone. But yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. It definitely if you're having kids at a certain age, if you have a kid when you're 16, different. different. If you're having kids in your mid-30s type of thing. Yeah. But did you have a switch in your perspective of the world in a – did you have a, do you ha did you have a distinctive switch in the way that you view the world? Like you were going along 28, 29, 30, feel great. 30, 35, you go, huh, I need to go crazy. And maybe have a sort of like semi like quarter life crisis. And then you come back and then like you turn, how old are you guys? 50? Bang. <laughs> <laughs> 38. Yeah, and then you start to get older and then you're just like, oh, you hit late 30s. Or maybe if it's you even hit mid 30s. You know when you Google when does a man mature? <laughs> no, I've never Googled. <laughs> okay, I know. I've Googled when will I mature. When, <laughs> when will Joey mature? When will a man mature? It literally comes up with. But what does that mean? You're talking. Like when do men. Physiological. No, mean? mentally. When do oh men grow up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever the answer is, it will not be. Finally grow up at the age of 43. That is A full 11 years after women. I have heard that it's due uh, that testosterone, uh, testosterone has been shown to slow down, uh, like in like cognitive development. development. Yeah, intellectual development. They know that with children, boys will boys will like girls will develop quicker intelligently or intelligence yes. because they don't have as much testosterone. Which sort of makes sense as well because like protective wise, like it makes sense if you have like if you don't have like the physical capacity comparatively to men, then you want to be able to be smarter. Strategically, Strategic, yeah. Strategic, manipulative, right. mm. Machiavellian. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then, so I don't know but, if I... But to your point, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's a, like I don't know if it's like a biological thing or if it's just an emotional thing where yeah. you're like, okay, my priorities in life are changing yes. now. It's not all about that. You know, yes. family, I want to, you know, start my legacy, you know, build a career, yes. whatever. yeah. But then you also have always have the underlying. This is a whole other fucking. 
pedal. We should oh, go there. Push record. It's always Stop there. Record. Yeah, no, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, because I think women, we might be somewhat disillusioned into thinking that like maybe it was Disney, maybe it was this other narrative <laughs> that fucked us up. But we think romantically that like it kind of goes away and you're just in love for the rest of your life and you never yeah, right. have another desire for anyone else ever again. And I just feel like... Maybe. <laughs> Got me into Maybe some I've sticky. been a little disillusioned. <laughs> I had that conversation I, about that with, with, with Misa, my lady, and my it was at mum and dad's house with my sister and my mum and my dad. Woo. And we were trying to talk about – I was trying to kind of – we are talking about how as a male, <laughs> like sexual fantasy is, or is it's, it's almost running 24-7 unless you can – you know what I mean? Totally. Like it's, it's there. It's like this software – yeah. And it was so funny because my sister's like, she studied psychology and she's like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I get that. Like, like I understand that you have that yeah. in a way that is unique to males. And then my, my, my mum's just kind of like witnessing. And then my dad's <laughs> like, well, yeah, but uh, you know, like, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't like, he started getting really awkward about it. <laughs> so, and, I, and I'm like, this is a conversation that, that it's, it's awkward to have even with a counterpart with another male. I've got mean to sticky. Yes. Has it? Yeah, yeah, not really sticky, but just awkward yeah. conversation. Yeah, just awkward, yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. post-childbirth and, you know, changes happening to her. Yes. And I'm wondering what, you know, you know, it changes your libido levels yeah. and these sorts of things. Meanwhile, I'm the fittest I've ever been. I'm raging. Oh, <laughs> Test levels are high. Anyone yeah. can get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, but well, it's, it's awkward. It's awkward, but it's like... Would we be in a better place in the heterosexual community because we look at like divorce rates and like just relationships in general under this um, monogamous construct? And look, I'm not suggesting that non-monogamy is the answer, but what I'm suggesting is like at least the conversation should not be off limits. We, I think, as let's say a biological heterosexual woman should be able to speak to a man that I'm with or attracted to or whatever and hear him say what his experience is. If I really love someone that I'm with, I think I should be in a place where I can handle hearing that he may have sexual fantasies, as you say, like a software constantly running and not be triggered and not feel as though it says something about my lack. Does that make sense? A hundred percent it does. And I feel like if we were to be able to have these conversations without immediately shutting down the man... I'm going to get so slayed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is tough. This is, a this tu- is really tough, tough because know, you're like, but, you're but really you, intelligent and very aware, but, um, it's but many aren't. I'd yeah, say woke. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, is that, but I don't think it's woke because actually woke would be saying like, shut it down. you guys need to shut it down. Yeah, right. Right? Like, and so I think that I, I just, I feel like this has nothing to do with women's strength training. Sorry, uh, yeah, Joey. Yeah, yeah. You got to stop asking me to come on this fucking podcast because I fuck it up every time. <laughs> I can't. Last time we, I think, did we talk about this last? Time? I don't you should know call the about. podcast the your podcast name. I'm just here for the. I'm just here for the woke chat. Yeah, I'm just here for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. I just wonder, like, what would happen if, like, as women, we weren't we weren't encouraged into feeling because, like, also this narrative damages mm. our sense of worth for sure the narrative that a man like if he cheats on us suggests that we're less than fucks with us 
right? And so if I feel as though my partner has cheated or has slept with someone else, that I'm suddenly not worthy or that there's something wrong with me and that caused him to do that is damaging for me as much as it's probably damaging for men to have to sit there and suppress some kind of desire or even talking or expressing a desire that they have. I'm not saying that they necessarily need to act on it, right? Like we all have a craving to probably eat foods that aren't good for us because they've been modified to be amazing to all the things. They're hyper palatable. Doesn't mean that we should just act on every desire to eat those hyper palatable foods, right? But I do think that a conversation needs to be had that's less triggering. You guys look really scared. No. Why are you looking at me like, do you look really scared like to even say a word? No, so what I was, what I was thinking as you're saying <laughs> yeah, that is like kind of flipping the question a bit to do all of those things. Is it like, should it be our, our goal to reach a place in our consciousness where we can talk, have those conversations versus are some things better left unsaid? And I'll give you an example. Uh, Talking with a friend once about him and his relationship, wife, married, deeply in love. They have two kids. And, you know, he's in his 50s. I think she's in her – she's, you know, close to that as well, about the same age. And I I think she was was going back to the States or something, which is where he met her. She's from America. And I can't remember how it got onto it, but he said something along the lines of – he said, mate, like, she's so wonderful, like – uh, I, he probably he said it in jest, but there was a, there was a, a, tr- a thread of truth to it. He was like, if she like if she hooked, if she needed to go away and get out of the motherhood thing that she's been doing here for like the last eight years, and hook up with the young dude or whatever and have a bit of fun, and that allows her to come back and like you know be an awesome partner. For, he goes, that's great. He goes, I don't want to know about it, but I, I can see that there's I can see that that might be you know uh, a reality or a need for for some women. And I thought, well, that's an interesting, like that's a, that's a great thing to acknowledge. Yes. Does it mean then that you two need to be able to talk about what she did while she was away? Or is there a part of life where, where discretion allows us yeah. to continue these arrangements? Well, I think discretion is important, but it doesn't mean, I think there's a difference between dishonesty and discretion. I do think there is, and that's blurred and it's hard to define 100%. But I think that like, as Esther Perel says, um, and I'm not, I'm paraphrasing her here, but she talks a lot about how <clears throat> we have like started to confuse this notion of like what a partnership, what a romantic partnership is. And we shouldn't make the assumption that our partner's desires don't have their own like independence. Like that as soon as we come together, that desire has to be like completely within the context of the relationship only because it's just not gonna ever be that. And so she talks about the difference between like transparency and privacy. And she says, let me, okay, sorry, I keep like referring to things. I should have prepared all of this, but I did not know we were gonna go into How did you not know we're gonna go here? I know. Like Shona, come talk to us about weightlifting. Privacy. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We (laughs) own. Privacy versus transparency. But yeah, look, I think so too. But it's like, we don't even have the conversation that you guys need it. Like as in that you got that guys or girls may, may need it. True, yeah. We can't even like take that first step we of can't even take acknowledging step. that this thing exists. Totally. All right, I want to bring this back full circle. Strength training for women. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me in closing, what are the what are the starting points? It's like, like how to like, get started? Yeah, so let's say let's say we're there and it's like, all right, yeah, fucking cool, that was thing, yeah. Menstrual cycle. Okay, yeah, don't want the osteoporosis, booty, whatever, you know, durability. Ready to go. 
How do you, how does, how does a woman start to just approach this thing? Yes. Okay. This is a good question. And like, there's obviously, yeah, there are many ways to skin a cat. It's a bad <laughs> saying. I need another one. But anyway, so I think like, I'll say a few things. If you're like very, um, if you're very low on funds and you don't, you know, you can't, you find that like all you're going to be able to afford is a very cheap membership, gym membership, right? To like a 24 hour gym and that's it. Then I would highly recommend following people that are producing content that is not just about kind of like, you know, tone your booty and things like that because you may not necessarily I'm not saying everyone that does that stuff is bad but you may just get stuff that isn't so much focusing on the priorities when it comes to lifting right so you want to follow again I'm not getting paid for this but you want to follow people like Jungle Brothers even Bulletproof for BJJ because I think you guys talk you touch on topics like joint function and things like that your um, program no definitely you got check, a strength program i don't have i have one coming out very soon okay yeah yeah i have one yep. coming out very soon so yeah jumping on things even but let's say you don't have the money for that right like let's literally say you have like eight you can put eight dollars into your gym membership and that's it that's all you got then what you want to do is do all the free research you possibly can but you have to funnel for like the quality yep. so yes jump on my youtube channel yes jump on you, you guys talk through squat yep. patterns and things like that yep. yeah so you want to look at understanding primal movements in the body so i like to and this is very paul check but i still think that primal primal patterns are important yep. did he coin that term i'm not sure okay but it's important so but it's he like fucking coined a squat, lot of what we know a lot of what we know true exactly um so a squat a deadlift a push a pull or horizontal and vertical pull horizontal vertical push um what have i missed deadlift hip hinge yeah did that lunge lunge yep. really fucking important you're you're what's called um, unilateral work is really important. That just means like single leg or single arm um, is really, really important and often neglected. You know, we're not um, symmetrical beings and so we need to sort of be able to move contralaterally. I'm using all these big terms for people that are like, why do you, why do you <laughs> Where do about? I start again? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's still, I do think that learning the language is important. I do actually I think it is. I, I think that there's definitely a lot of experts out there that use it as a, as a power to like, convince people or like confuse people but I think the more you can understand the less likely you are to be confused um, by those people and you can make you know educated decisions on what's best for your body so it is important to learn those terms um, so learning about how to squat deadlift push pull lunge um, and twist is I think really really important then when you go into the gym you can understand like what you're trying to sort of work around right and you can take that knowledge and apply it. Buying people's programs, people that you respect, people who's, who do focus on those sorts of functional-based programs are your best bet and following those programs in the gym. Not just kind of going in there with no plan whatsoever because each time you will leave feeling confused and like you just wasted your time. Yeah. So it's having a plan when you go in. Let's say the next step up is like, okay, you've got some money to spend. You're fine. Like you're ready to take on this challenge. Then I would 100% be looking to join something like a Jungle Brothers community where you're going to learn how to actually do all these movements with people around you of all different shapes and sizes as well, coming with different goals, different injuries, because you're going to feel way more comfortable in learning how to do it. I wouldn't always recommend just going straight down the gym only route if that makes sense like the, when I say gym only I mean like the fitness first or those sorts of places unless you're willing to get a personal trainer 
Yeah. Mm. Because if you're just going to step into a gym, a commercial gym, um, you don't have the support, and you don't, ha- you just will not have the support, and you'll feel yeah. scared and intimidated, and you'll just keep gravitating back to the same machine or cardio machine. And yeah. yeah, even though the membership might be a third of or a quarter of what you'd pay to a gym like ours, yep. or a small independent gym, exactly, it largely won't be as fruitful for it, you. To- exactly, and then you're just going to have this same process. Maybe you'll go to the group fitness classes, but again, you know, when you do, I, I'm here for group fitness in those contexts. Like some of those, like exercise classes, they make you feel comfortable in a gym space and gym environment. I'm not shitting on those, but what you have to understand about those big sort of like Les Mills, like I can't remember what they're called, maybe like Sculpt or oh, like Body Pump, Body Pump. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So those sorts of classes, real shit. you're in a room, <laughs> yeah, you're in a room with like 50 other bodies and the teacher's up the front and they can't see what you're doing. And every single time I walk past those classes and I see someone in a bent over row with a rounded spine, you know, lifting like, you know, a decent weight, I'm like, oh shit. And the teacher can't see them. So I'm not saying don't go to those classes, but go to those classes in addition to getting some one-on-one help with a, with a coach, with a trainer. Yeah, maybe. And don't confuse those classes for it's, it's, it's not, not strength training. It's kind of just the new way of aerobics in a sense. Totally. It's just it? aerobics yeah. with weights. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not quite the same. So, you know, the more obviously like, yeah, the more that you can be involved with a coach, the better it's going to be. But I understand that that's not always the way for, like people don't always have the funds for that sort of thing. So I think small group personal, tra- you guys, do you guys run like, how does it work? I, I, I'm just genuinely asking. I'm not, this is <laughs> I'm so glad you've asked. I just am curious. Cause I didn't know, like, do you run, you run different tiers of like classes or cause you do run like a small group personal training, right? The classes are more or less like all inclusive. Okay. So classes are just classes and they capped at 20, 24 humans. Okay. But all of the coaches in here operate their own personal training businesses Uh, and many of them run their own small groups. Yes. And the coaches are all obviously in touch with all of the members. Yes. So then there's, it's really easy to access that. So I do my bulletproof thing. Paul's got his small group. Yep. Dylan Ty, like uh, as a, so it kind of. And do you pro like to each of those trainers program for the small group? Is that how it works? Like you guys, so you'll program not not for the group, but like you'll program for the individuals and then the individuals come in together at a particular time and train their program based on their lift. It depends. Okay. Yeah, it depends on what, on how that coach wants to do their thing. Yep. So, you know, some do, I I did that for a while. Yep. However, I've gone back to a more standardized thing. Yes. You know, Um, but yeah, the cool thing is, is that that can evolve. Yes. And I suppose you have the, the general approach in the classes. Yes. But then you have this like, ecosystem of like all these other cool like you can ties doing a you know a kid's breaking class yeah nice you know what i mean so there's all these little areas of specialization which we think is important yeah absolutely okay cool yeah so i think those things are really awesome way to kind of get into it and start to learn and then you'll find that naturally once you're involved in it your um yearning for being more autonomous will grow i think as well I think when you're doing it, like you, you come for the community as well and you come for the knowledge and then you'll start to go, okay, actually, you know what? You, and then you might turn and say like, I actually want to hit a PB on my deadlift. So I'd like to get a hundred kilo deadlift. Do you know what I mean? And so then you say like, Joe, can you get me there? And then you're like, listen to myself. Who am I? Who the fuck am <laughs> I? I know. I know you're wearing gym shark. <laughs> <laughs> Got the little bum scrunch. What'd you yeah. call it? The, yeah, scrunch bum. <laughs> scrunch That's what bum. it's called. I don't, I don't it get it's that. Scr- you don't get it? No, what is it doing? It's creating it's an optical shape. illusion. Um, is it? Yeah. Mm, well, it's, it's, it's accentuating. It's just essentially giving you a wedgie. That little Y. 
Yeah, but the yeah. wedgie is better than like a nappy. Yeah, no, I don't. I think it puts me off a little when a I nappy. What's that like, briefs? Yeah. No, so like imagine. Okay, so this is my my theory is that like a woman's bum looks better. A man's bum too. All bums. Hashtag all bums. Um, <laughs> look good when you can see the whole bum, not when it's like covered with like material wrapped around it. So like, I just mean like from an aesthetic perspective, you're going to see the shape of the glute more yeah. if it's got a wedgie. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But do you have to have the scrunch at the top? Yeah, because there's no other way because it's not going to ride up your butt crack. They can't cut That's the how they pull the fabric up that yeah, centerpiece. When you're wearing it. No, that's just how they fabricate it. So, no, so I'm like, do I have a pair? Have you bag? never no. sewn a pair of pants? No. For a female? So, like, no. there's a seam <laughs> yeah. through the middle and that seam facilitates, like, obviously, like, the comfort of wearing pants. But the problem is is that the seam has to end somewhere and it yeah. often ends, like, at the top of the crack. Yeah. Right? And the problem with that is that it doesn't mean – it means that material doesn't – come inward it kind of wraps around the whole buttocks imagine two two hilltops hilltops with a valley in the middle yeah and i've got an enormous tarp that i cover over the two hilltops yes but i want to show that there's a valley in the middle (laughs) but i've pulled it pretty tight over the hilltops and so it's like like this so so i I tie this enormous (laughs) rope to the middle of the tarp right in the center like over the top of the valley and i pull it upwards this is great. And and then it starts to suck the fabric down inside See that? the valley. Inside the valley. Joe knows my language. <laughs> no, this is such a Because we worked <laughs> together for so language. long. This is great. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for explaining yes. that. Yes, that was great. Women's strength. There you yeah. go. I think this might be the sound. This might be the sound clue. That was great. Exactly. So, so, yeah, exactly. So scrunch <laughs> essentially accentuates. And I, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm just here for whatever women want to do i mean there's so many rules we get put under there's so many fucking rules if you're a woman like living in this society i mean and there's rules for men too they're just slightly different when it when it they're very different but like the rules t- for women tend to be more based in like how we appear yeah. you know what i mean whereas rules for men are like how much money you're earning and like how whatever what i don't know what are some of the rules you guys live by like have to not live uh, by not, but yeah, not like the ones you personally being, live by being I mean, tough like, perhaps being tough yeah, not like, showing emotion yeah all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you know, we have our own that are, yeah, really based in sort of more around what we look like, how we, you know, appear. So. Shona Virtue. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell people topic. where they can find your stuff, plug your pluggables? Yes. Uh, Shona at – no, that's – I was about to tell you my email address. <laughs> 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 Don't email that. <laughs> I've got too many, e- too many emails as it is in my inbox. No, Um at Shona underscore Virtue is Instagram um, and just ShonaVirtue.com is my, my website. Amazing. And your programs are available on the my website? My programs are available. So I do have three gym programs coming out for anyone that is um, wanting to, yeah, get into strength training. I do have um, a beginner strength training program coming out and that is going to be very comprehensive around um, – I'm going to include a lot of the um, – the research from Dr. Stacey Sims and, and what she talks about in terms of like understanding your cycle. And it's very much focused towards women. Like 85% of my following is, uh, is female anyway. So that's where we want to, we want to try and get more women feeling confident and comfortable in the gym. Amazing. I love the work you're doing. I think Thank it's cool. You. You're saying shit that, that other people wouldn't say on social media and having hard conversations. So and kudos. taking us there with you. Yeah. Know, sorry, guys. We're all going down. Time. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? What do I don't say? I know. It's hard. It's tough. But it's good. I actually like 
riding yeah. that line. Exactly. But that's the thing. The vice and virtue. It's like we've got to be able to have these conversations or we're just going to really fuck ourselves over. We already have. Guys, thanks for listening today. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share it with a friend. Social, show some support. Uh, check out Shona's stuff. You probably already follow because half the universe already does. Um, but check her shit out. Check out her programs. And yeah, pass on the episode to someone that you know would like to hear it. Maybe there's a woman in your life that could benefit from some strength training. Push this episode to them. Absolutely. Thank you, Shona. And thank you, fam. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Hey, Joey here. Is your gym routine in need of an upgrade? If so, you should consider attending our upcoming movement workshop. This two-day workshop, it's run out of our gym here at Jungle Brothers in Sydney, will take you through the foundational exercises we use to build strong humans. We'll be covering body weight strength, mobility, movement, and weightlifting. And you will learn our integrative approach to combining these four key areas for optimal results. And you can apply this style of training to anyone from your best friend who's a supreme athlete through to your grandparents. So whether you're a coach or a gym owner who's looking to upgrade your knowledge or you're a gym enthusiast who's looking for some new material for your own training, you will gain a huge amount from this weekend. Book your spot now at junglealliance.com and use the code JBPODCAST to get 20% off your enrollment. I hope to see you there.